0: Hello, Popheads! Welcome to Issue 99 of the TomCast Popcast. That's right, Issue 99, number 99, the Wayne Gretzky of TomCast Popcasts is here. But we're not here to talk about Canadian hockey players. Not today. Not on my watch. By the way, my name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent podcast. Please follow us on the social media, at Popcast on Twitter at TomCastPopCast on Instagram. They're the same. It's so great. You can email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. And finally, you can join Pophead Nation over at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast where you can, again, become an official member and depending on what tier you select, get amazing access to to super great bonus content. We have uh, video features on there. We have some audio commentary tracks With with more coming every single week. Uh, trying to give a lot, of, a lot of bang for the buck for, for, for our dear sweet Patreon members. Thank you to my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. He's the co host on The Ringing Ear, a great music podcast. If you're so inclined to check that out, I recommend it. Also, thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles in all the lands, and the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast on whatever amazing podcast platform you prefer. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. All of them. We're trying to be on all of them. If we're on one that you prefer and we're not there, hey, let me know. I'll get us on there. And make sure you are liking the show, subscribing to the show, and and, and if you can, five-star reviews. They go a long way to helping small, independent podcasts like this kind of kind of get, get a little heads up above the crowd. And that goes a long way. It means a lot to me as well. So... Yeah, I said it before, we're not talking about Canadians today, because this is the 4th of July show, and, you know, it's it's a weird time to be patriotic about America. There's a lot of topsy-turvy things happening, a lot of change in the world, and, and none no, of that's a bad thing. Um, it, it's just an interesting time. This is, a, 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 again, America's in a bit of turmoil, depending on, on your point of view. Uh, you know, the country's very divided, depending on your point of view. And, you know, I'm not going to get on a soapbox. I'm not going to uh, 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 prophesize to anybody about, about my opinion on things because uh, uh, this is a show that I want, to, you know, we don't want to reemphasize the dividing lines that exist already. We want people to come together and have a good time, and it doesn't matter necessarily what your point of view is on everything. You know, I, I think we can all agree that America and Americans, we, we all need to be doing better for each other and to each other and... and so so we're going to try and, and have a good show and, and, and talk about fun movies to watch on the 4th of July weekend. The weekend's coming up here. And, you know, it's, it, again, patriotism in the country is, is a, I don't know, I feel like it's at a bit of a low at the moment. But there are quality pieces of cinematic entertainment that you can watch that will make you feel kind of good about being an American, at least for the weekend. And then you can watch the news and, and uh, maybe not so much anymore. But that's that's all up to you. Uh, joining me for this show, Roger was supposed to be here. He had a, uh, a family commitment come up. He had to take he, that he uh, had to honor that commitment, and we totally respect that. And and if you get, if you see Roger, if you talk to Roger on social media, be sure to wish him a happy happy birthday, because that's kind of what his family commitment is all about. Anyways, uh, so so stepping in to fill the void for Roger, uh, Mark is gonna come back on. And, and Mark's going to have a very unique list of 4th of, of July movies. And we're going to try and do the lists a little bit differently today. Uh, a little bit more of a, just kind of a casual... You know, these are the movies that we like to watch on the 4th of July kind of thing. It's not a countdown. It's not a trying to rank the best 4th of July movies. Because, I mean, your entertainment, your sense of America, it's all very, very different. And, and uh, you know, Mark's list is going to be... A hundred percent different than mine. Uh, I, I will say it right now. I'll probably say it more than once on the podcast. My list is a very uh, uh, kind of America, fuck yeah, kind of kind of perspectives. There's a lot of like rah rah patriotism in there, and uh, that's okay. It's a little bit of there's, there's a my list is a little nostalgia, but a little bit of good stuff too. Some history stuff. It's it's kind of going to be a, 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 all over the place. Today. this show is going to be all over the place today, but I think it's going to be a fun one. And, you know, again, this is going to be an, an episode where I think uh, you guys, I want to hear what you guys think. You know, what are the movies that you really enjoy watching over the 4th of July weekend? What are the ones that get you, you know, kind of kind of pumped up to go to that barbecue and, and drink a couple extra American craft beers? You know, uh, what, what scratches that itch for you? You know, usually, you know, if it wasn't a COVID-19 kind of world, you know, usually 4th of July weekend is some massive event at the cinemas is coming out. You know, there's some big tent pool Hollywood film um, that, you know, would quote unquote be the movie of the summer, at least potentially, depending on how, how, how bad it is. Um, and, and, but we don't have that this year, you know, so we have to rely on uh, the movies that have come before that, 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 that will help kind of fill the void for us while, while we still live in this COVID world. I, I, depending on where you are, uh, it just came down today that San Diego bars, wineries, tasting rooms, Breweries, everything is, is shutting back down again. We're, we're we're taking steps back. We're we're going backwards in in the COVID nineteen process, which is, uh, insanely frustrating. But when you, when you've seen the things that I've seen, when you see what's going on in the world and, and people's kind of nonchalance about about the situation, I mean, I guess you you have to understand, right? I mean, it's it's just that unfortunately, this is 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 the Next logical step is to go backwards because people got uh, way too comfortable way too quickly, and, and that's unfortunate. And we can only hope uh, that our, our friends who are uh, small business owners and uh, you know brewery brewery employees, brewery managers, wineries, all of it, bars. Uh, we have friends in all these industries, and and we hope that they are able to to persevere through this next batch of shutdowns. It's 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 terrible that pe- that people uh, took advantage of the, of the situation. And, and, and put us in this predicament where they had to shut them down again but we wish all of our friends in these industries the best and uh hopefully you're listening to this show and and you know we can provide a little bit of enter- entertainment a little bit of levity for you during, the, during these uh once again dark dark times as the darkest timeline uh resumes or at least well i, I guess we kind of dissuaded you from thinking that this is the darkest timeline because we showed you, you we showed you darker darker timelines but anyways i digress anyways let's get into the fourth of july stuff so uh, buckle up, fasten your seatbelts, hang on tight. It's gonna be an interesting show. Like I said, uh, uh, Mark, I'm, I'm privy to Mark's list, and there, there's some interesting ones on there. And uh, like I said, mine's my, my list is pretty rah-rah in, in a lot of senses, and you know, for good or for bad. But hey, that's what the show exists for. So we can all have a conversation about it, and you guys can tell me uh, that I am a overly patriotic putz. That's that's fine by me. Anyways, uh, enjoy the show. I will catch you on the other end. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go.
1: Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
0: Okay, joining me once again via the Skypes, my brother, Mr. Mark. How are you, sir?
2: Very good. How are you?
0: Doing okay. Uh, Are you taking... How are you taking the news of California's uh reversal as far as things opening? Shocking. I'm shocked. <laughs> well, you know, you you were more adventurous than I was. Uh you actually went out and 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 saw things and and did things and and participated in uh you know activities.
2: A little bit, yeah.
0: I uh I chose to stay home and hide underneath a blanket. Right. It was safer.
2: Mm. I mean, I guess technically you're right, it was,
0: but... <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, but so I,
2: You know, I wasn't, I wasn't joining large groups of 20,000 people.
0: Yeah, Orgy Night was canceled, and, and right. uh, you didn't go to that. That was good. That was a good call. Yeah. Uh, so before we kind of get into things, uh, as is kind of the, 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 the ritual, the routine on this, this audio program, uh, we have a fine alcoholic beverage in front of us. Uh, Mr. Mark, I heard you have beer today. I do. What do you got, buddy?
2: I'm drinking Belching Beavers Peanut Butter Milk Stout Nitro Edition. Nitro.
0: Yeah. Nice. What do you think?
2: It's quite nice. I I, I, I enjoy the regular carbonated one, but I think I like the nitro
0: better. Right on. It, It makes your car go faster, too. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I have. Uh. am t- drinking a, uh, one of my current favorite beers, from a from a local San Diego brewery. This is from Amplified Aleworks. and this is their Punk Demic Pilsner. And <clears throat> the name alone, with everything going on in California today, uh, definitely made me want to have this beer because it's like, well, the Punk Demic, the pandemic, is still around us. So the Punk Demic will quench my thirst the best. Yeah. And this is a this is a just a, a really uh, crisp, clean uh, lager from Amplified, and uh, it's become one of my favorite things they've done over the over the last couple of years. They do a lot of collaborations with bands and, and, and such. They they did two really great uh, IPAs with Motorhead, and uh, they, they've worked with some other bands over time like Real Big Fish and, and Teenage Bottle Rocket, and stuff like that. Uh, this is not cool. associated with the band necessarily, but it's got a very punk logo on it, so it's kind of fun. That's cool. So, yeah, it's a good one. So, so before we were kind of uh, gonna di- before we gonna dive into our Fourth of July, we God Bless America spectacular or whatever we want to call it. Uh, we we both have watched some stuff lately, and and uh, I thought it might be fun to kind of talk about what we have seen recently. You were telling me about a film that I think uh, was a was a pleasant surprise to you.
2: Yeah, um, so I watched the remake of Child's Play, and I thought it was absolutely wonderful.
0: And uh, the doll pretty much looks the same, is that correct? Chucky's pretty much the same, at least visually?
2: I mean, the, the same design in the sense of, you know, the buddy doll has overalls and a, and a striped shirt and red hair and freckles. But the doll actually looks a little creepier. Okay. Um, okay. And he's voiced by Mark Hamill, and you can kind of—they—it looks like they put a little bit of Mark Hamill in into the doll, uh, just kind of warped it a little bit. But um, but no, the the doll's pretty much the same. Um, it's pretty much the same story, but obviously it has a modern take on it and I actually, I I can't recommend it enough. It's it, it hits all the major beats that, that you want a slasher movie to hit. Uh, The cast is great. Um, And there, there's enough sort of uh, tongue in cheek humor it, it recognizes what it is it never tries to to go beyond that but, mm-hmm. it, but it, it's a very solid
0: movie with solid character arcs for everyone involved so yeah. well that's fantastic that's definitely uh, uh, one of the remakes one of the few horror remakes that I was actually uh, interested in checking out so that's that's good to hear that it kind of gets your, your your seal of approval on it yeah. Uh, the other horror remake that I want to see is not even out yet, but uh, what, are, what are your kind of initial thoughts on the remake for Candyman? I'm interested.
2: I was never a big Candyman fan, so I'm curious to see what what they'll do with it. Mm-hmm. No, it's you a... know, I, was, I always wanted to like Candyman, but every time I watched it, I just felt let down by it for whatever reason. I remember I really liked... Tony Todd as Candyman but I wasn't that interested in Virginia Madsen and whatever her character was doing um so but but I love the idea you know that what is it Bloody Mary that kind of idea you look in the mirror you say the name number of times and the spirit comes like yeah that's a cool idea so I'm, I'm curious to see what what they'll do with that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm very interested in it. I also kind of like that it looks like a, a, a remake slash a reboot slash a sequel. I mean, it kind of looks like uh, a, a couple of different things going on in this, in this flick. But
2: yeah, I don't know that much about it. I know they're doing it.
0: Uh, watch some watch some trailers. There's some new trailers out. Pretty good stuff. Oh, are there? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give it a, give it a gander. So so two things I wanted to mention that, I, that I've that i just recently watched um, – one I've talked to you about a little bit already, uh, and I know it's it's somewhat controversial <laughs> because Uh-oh. it's a weird pick, <laughs> and uh, like, uh, like I, on the surface, I see why people are a little reluctant to give this movie a shot. But if you go into this movie now, listen, you and when, when I say this, when I, when I say go into the movie, you have to go in. In for a penny, in for a pound. With it, you 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 have to kind of sort of watch the whole thing because it it, it pays off as you watch it. You you know if you you can't just dip your, dip your toe in the waters. That's all I'm going to say about it. But I, I am referring okay. to the new Netflix movie Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga, starring Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, and the amazing Dan Stevens. Also, Pierce Brosnan. I was
2: just gonna say, don't forget Pierce Brosnan.
0: Yeah, and this is a, this is directed by uh, uh, what's his name, Danny 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 uh, David Dobkin, who directed a lot of things, but most famously Wedding Crashers. So uh, a bit of a reunion of sort oh. between McAdams and and Will Ferrell with him. Okay. And I <laughs> I really thought this movie was funny. I thought for sure it was gonna be like a kind of like a a Will Ferrell kind of train wreck, like the way the the Sherlock Holmes was, which I'm sure you haven't yeah. seen that either. <laughs>
2: I, I have not seen that. No.
0: But but this is a fun, it's a fun movie.
2: Hey Lars,
1: get back in there right now and play Yaya ya Ding Dong. No, we are done for tonight. You have to play it. Why do I have to play it? I already played it. I don't care. You have to play it again. Tell me, when will it be enough for you? It will never be enough. I only want to hear Yaya ya Ding Dong. Fine, I'll play it. I'll play it. We're having a break. Hey guys, he's going to play your yeah, yeah, ding dong.
0: And you, like I said, I mean, if you're not into like European techno music and and like the some like the the you know that, that kind of pop music stuff that's very popular overseas, you know, maybe you'll have a harder time getting into it. Uh, but I think it's a lot of fun. I recommend it a lot. It's got a, it, the movie has actually has like a really good uh, a lot of heart to it, which I really appreciated. And a lot of that actually comes from. <laughs> The guy who I think, like like I said, I know Will Ferrell's controversial. You know, not not everyone's into the Will Ferrell world. Uh, But watch this movie for Dan Stevens. He's the best.
2: Who's Dan Stevens?
0: If you are not familiar with Dan Stevens, I mean, uh, I think the thing everyone's most famous or would most very likely recognize him for is, is Beauty and the Beast. And he was Beast.
2: I didn't see it. you mean the live action
0: the live action one yes
2: I didn't see that
0: but he was also the man who created he was also in the man who created Christmas the the, the movie about Dickens uh, which is one of my favorites from like two years ago okay Dan Stevens is, yeah. he's, he's a he's a he's a fucking gem in my opinion and he he kind of like infuses this movie with what it needs to, to to kind of sell it for it's kind of ridiculous charm okay Like I said, it's not for everyone. I know I've already gotten some pushback from people, but what are you going to do?
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I told you like, I think I got maybe 10 or 15 minutes in and for me, it was just like, I saw that the movie was two hours. It's a little, a little
0: less than two hours.
2: Okay. Well, I just thought I'll, I'll, I'll try again later. I did like, Pierce Brosnan. I was happy <laughs> to see Pierce Brosnan in something.
0: It's always good to see so. Pierce Brosnan, and he has a, a wonderful Icelandic accent. It's it's phenomenal, and he yes. wears amazing sweaters. Yes, <laughs> amazing, amazing sweaters. Yeah, but like I said, go uh, go. You have to go all in on the movie. You can't. You know, I, I think it's a hard movie to kind of be swayed after twenty minutes. Like it was, It was kind of like I was kind of it was kind of a build for me I was like oh yeah this is actually better than I thought it would be like this is shot really nicely and you know Will Ferrell's not completely over the top in it you know it's just it's I, again I thought it was kind of fun and charming it's it's not gonna blow you away but it, it, I think it's one of those Will Ferrell movies that takes a little time for the audience to acclimate to its humor you know like the way Anchorman wasn't a huge box office success but it eventually found its audience
2: okay
0: I think yeah. it, and I think being on Netflix will help it find an audience
2: all right
0: so I, I, I go along with that. And then the other thing I wanted to recommend, uh, I won't get into it too highly because I know, I don't think you've seen any of this, uh, but the, the second season of What We Do in the Shadows recently concluded, and it was fucking phenomenal. It, yeah. If you're familiar with the film, the J- Jermaine Clement and, and, and Taika Waititi, the film is so amazing. Uh, the show is so great, so different, but still kind of the same just more of the same just more insane vampire antics from you know three of the biggest buffoon vampires you could find right and uh this season was littered with amazing uh uh uh, guest appearances including uh, your as we just discussed mark hamill popped up on this show twice in the season oh nice yeah and he was he was he was a vampire who'd been wronged by laszlo it was fantastic
2: okay that that uh, yeah that makes me a little more interested
0: it's, it's a really fun show the, the first season is a tad uneven as, it's, as you know as most shows in their first season are as it tries to find its footing but but season two is a home run from the start and uh if if you guys it was on FXx, but it's it's now available through Hulu. so if you have the Hulus, we do you in the shadows check it out. All right big, big vampire fun Sounds good and I won't, I won't give away too many spoilers. anyways, so why 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 we are here today? Uh, Mark, it's the 4th of July this coming weekend.
2: Yes, it is.
0: It's an interesting time to be an American.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> but, I, I, you know, without getting on, on a, any kind of political kick or anything like that, like it, it's still a fun celebratory time of, of year where we try to remember the good parts about being an American and maybe not so much the, the negative stuff that's not great. Okay. Do you th- I mean I, I guess I, I don't know how to how to say it. I mean, I, you know, you don't as an American, you don't want to look at your own history with rose-colored glasses the entire time, but you don't want to be ashamed of who you are either, you know? So I, I think we compiled a list of movies that can make us all be proud to be an Americans. Okay. Do you- <laughs> Any thoughts on I, I don't that?
2: I don't know if my well, some of my list might make us Proud to be Americans, but <laughs> that's that's not what I was going for when I made this list. Well,
0: I, I I've seen your list, and I, I think some of it uh, definitely emphasizes uh, the 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 amazing freedoms that we have in this country. Okay. The freedom to uh, put people in sleeping bags and to smash them into tree trunks. Uh, that was
2: that was part seven. I
0: know. I just <laughs> just go with me on it, okay? Just... <laughs> all right. All right. Fine. Uh, so, so like I said, we have a, a kind of an interesting list. I don't necessarily want to read it so much as a list, but I can't really think of a fun way to. I, I, I guess I'll just bring up each movie that we have have list, have named to each other, and we'll just have a little mini discussion about it. What do you think? Sounds good to me. All right. So, oh, we have some honorable mentions here before we really dive into the list. So, I, I, I we won't spend too long talking about the honorable mentions. Uh, okay. One of the first ones you brought up as an honorable mention was, uh, was was Miracle the the amazing Kurt Russell movie of the 1980 USA hockey team. Yeah. You can say more about it now. <laughs> like why, you know, um, t- just tell me something you liked about it. Like why you think it's a, a great movie to, to watch on the 4th of July.
2: Um, I, I, I think it really instills um, that sort of American optimism. Um, it, it's a good... I, I I don't like to use the term uplifting, but I think it's a good uplifting movie. And you know, the backdrop at the time was the the 1970s. America was kind of on the decline, and everybody rallied behind this youthful American Olympic hockey team going up against the uh, the the Soviet. Red Army hockey yeah. team, which is the, the big like red all, machine,
0: basically of yeah, Russia. It was,
2: yeah, it was just a monster that couldn't be beaten. And so, so yeah, America being kind of in this place of, of everyone just kind of feeling a bit downtrodden, got behind this team, and this team pulls off this miraculous victory that that no no one expected. Uh, the backstory of the movie being that. In previous Olympics, America had put together all of these Olympic hockey teams of, of professional athletes, and and it never worked. We could never beat them, and it was just this group of young kids, fresh out of college, who no one had had ever heard of before, managed to beat this team, and they did it by by work by playing as a team, by 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 working together, and. You can kind of look at that as a a metaphor for what America is, which is that we're these individual states, and we're all very different. Each state has kind of like its own culture and its own identity, but we're all supposed to be able to come together and work together as a team towards a larger purpose.
1: When you pull on that jersey, you represent yourself and your teammates. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Get that through your head.
2: And I I, I think that's as American a message as any.
0: The the team building scenes in in the movie are particularly phenomenal. Uh, Kurt Russell is is top notch in this movie. Uh, one slight correction uh, to, to the to the backstory you gave was uh, previous American Olympic hockey teams prior to the E team were always. Uh, college players. Oh, were they? But there, had, okay. but, but, but there had been NHL exhibition games, and the NHL players couldn't beat them either.
2: I see. Okay, that's where I got confused.
0: Yeah, so the, the USA Olympic team has always been amateurs. It, it had been that way for a long time until, like, I think, what, what was that first team in Nagano, Japan? The 98 team, I think. But regardless. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're spot on right about that. Uh, yeah, I, again, I think that's 100% great. Good pick. Great honorable mention. Uh, and you know, obviously based on a true story, so it's it's uh, phenomenal yeah. in that it's something to get get behind, and much like the the backdrop for the film. I mean, you know, we're America's kind of in a weird place right now too, you know, and it would be nice if you know one of the sports leagues could get it figured out so that we had something something as a people to kind of get uh, excited about and, and 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 maybe galvanize us a little bit too. Maybe not in the same way as that would have, but you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and, and also. Also, oh. just one other thing, the hockey scenes are incredible.
0: Yeah, really well filmed. They, I think they use a lot yeah. of handheld cameras on, on skates and stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to go the other way with another honorable honorable mention. Uh, but in the same vein, uh, I believe this is based on a true story as well. And it's about how you defeat communism by punching it in the face. And I refer to Rocky IV. Nice. That's based on a true story, right? That's a documentary, I think. Absolutely. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, that's essentially what happens, right? Rocky punches Drago in the face over and over again, and communism falls, and we all become friends. Yeah. Way to go, Rocky.
2: Yeah, the wall fell the next day.
0: The wall fell the next day. Rocky punched it over. (laughs) He punched Drago through it. I mean, Rocky IV is unabashedly over-the-top American patriotism. Fuck it, it's fun. Why not? Just go with it.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's one of my favorite Rocky films, and Dolph Lundgren as Drago is tremendous.
0: I, I I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, two other honorable mentions. I'm gonna lump them together here because they 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 form what I consider to be the Roland Emmerich duology, uh, especially oh for the Fourth of July, which would be Independence Day, starring the great, the one and only Will Smith. Yes, and the one and only Jeff Goldblum, and the other one and only Bill Pullman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you have the Patriot, which is uh, a Revolutionary War film uh, starring two amazing Australian actors as American heroes. Yes, <laughs> and that would be Mel Gibson and Mister the the late great Heath Ledger. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't have much to say. I think I think we all know Independence Day. It's just kind of ridiculous and silly. Uh, it's just it, a corny good time. Yeah, I mean, it has plot holes you can drive a truck through, but it's 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 a popcorn cinema at its finest. You know, yeah. you get to watch every city in the in the, in the world get destroyed. The White House blows up, uh, um, which I think we all hope aliens come and blow that up pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, again, it's just ridiculous. You have you have Will Smith saying uh, your favorite line in cinema history.
2: Uh, I believe you're the one who quotes it all the
0: time. Oh, I, mostly because I liked your impression of it the most. But uh, welcome to Earth, <laughs> <laughs> boom! Right, punch you right in the face. Okay. <laughs> Will Smith with, with fists of steel in that movie, as he as he punches an alien exoskeleton, and knocks the the creature inside unconscious. Yes. Not sure how that worked, but it did. Good job, Will. And then again, in the, in the Patriot, you have uh, a fanciful version of version of re- re- Revolutionary War history. Um, and again led by two Australians (laughs) yeah but again a fun ridiculous movie but
2: although if I'm not mistaken Mel Gibson was was born in America
0: if I'm not mistaken well he'll always be Mad Max to me well yeah I'm just kidding you you could be right about that I don't know for sure yeah but uh, 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 again a nice performance from him and Heath Ledger Heath Ledger is ridiculously charming in this movie um, and again, it's just kind of a fun one. It, it turns into a bit of a re- revenge picture, and I think the under the 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 uh, under the surface performance from from Jason Isaacs is is fantastic as as the villain, as the the British soldier who kills Mel Gibson's youngest son.
2: Yeah, Jason Isaacs is always good. Yeah. Um, this is a film I don't really remember that much. I, I remember not enjoying it.
0: Um, the, 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 listen, there's historical inaccuracies, out the yin yang, but it's it's serviceable, fun, American, good time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And and for an Emmerich flick, it, it tries really hard to have a good story and, and some heart to it. That's true. Did you have any other? Uh, I have I have one more honor roll mention, but this is a, a actually a, a top notch film. Uh, but do you have any honor roll mentions you want to get into?
2: Uh no, not really.
0: All right. My final honorable mention is going to be Glory. I think Glory is is fantastic. Uh it's it's a very uh realistic depiction of the Civil War. Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman. It's it's just phenomenal performances from top to bottom, but it's a very intense movie. It's sometimes it can be hard to watch because of the Civil War. I mean, they really capture that Civil War the brutality of it all.
2: Yeah, I I think Within like the first five minutes, you see a guy's head get blown off with a cannonball. Yeah,
0: and and yeah. but but a very important film and in in, the, in showing the roles of, of 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 black Americans at the time fighting for for the Union against the Confederates and and all the all the all the racism they ran into on the on the Union side of, of the tracks. I mean it you know, um, but it a wonderful picture and it's been a couple of years since I've seen it last, but it, last time I, I watched it, it was, it still really resonated with me. It was, it was a really strong picture, strong performances all around and, uh, you know, especially of a dark, dark part of American history.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Good, a good epic.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think if you really want to, I, I, I debated whether or not to add Lincoln to the list, the, the, the Spielberg version with, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis' excellent performance as Lincoln, but um, they, they, I, I like it a lot, but it, I can see why people might be turned away from it, because it's like a three-hour movie. It's really long. I haven't
2: seen it, so I can't say anything. Hey, fair
0: enough, fair enough. All right, but let's kind of get into the fun of our list. Let's uh, let's kind of get into the main stuff. That was just the honorable mentions. We're going to spend a little bit more time talking about these particular movies, and uh, let's go with with one that you put on your list first. And we're going to start off with with a... <laughs> With one that... Well, I'll I'll be honest with you, Mark. I was like, wow, okay, he put that on his list. Let's talk about this. I can't wait. Okay, (laughs) And that would be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Okay. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, um, it's absolute cinematic madness. Madness epitomized on screen, I think. Um, But... As far as its connection to Fourth of July, what's more Fourth of July
0: than barbecue? <laughs> oh, you got me there, buddy. You got me there. For people, <laughs> for people who don't know
2: the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and we're talking about the the nineteen seventy four original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, um, the Toby
0: Hooper film that Toby Hooper directed.
2: Yes. Um, for people who don't know it's about a family of cannibals that kill people, cut them up and then sell them as barbecue at their like little gas station whatever <laughs> that they run. Um, and it's just the movie it like it just everything about it you, you know July for me it's a very hot sweltering time of year i'm not a fan of summer it's just it's just so hot and gross and that movie to me just looks so hot and gross
0: (laughs) it really does yeah deep in the heart of texas yeah
2: and you can also say you can also connect it because leatherface the the killer um he is based off of American serial killer Ed Gein. Yes,
0: that's, that's uh, that is accurate. <laughs> yeah,
2: so so that that that's my connection to Fourth of July, and this is um, this is a movie that at Fourth of July, I I just enjoy
0: I just enjoy watching. Hey, hey, fair enough. Uh, I, my my recollections of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre are it was a borderline traumatic experience because it is shot almost like it's a documentary. It is yes. unbelievable the the level of brutality contained in that film. And and yeah. and, and the, the, the the brutality that looks convincingly real.
2: Well, and I think a a, a big part of that is honestly there, there's very little blood and there's very little gore in this film, but Toby Hooper and I think Be- partly because of that sort of documentary style with which they shot it. It's very strong on the power of suggestion. You never see the hook go into the girl's back, but you think you did.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, and it, it's just such an effective movie at kind of creating a sense of madness in the viewer. And I remember I didn't see, I had seen so many horror films through my life, but I didn't see this film until I was about 16 years old and even then like yeah it's it's a disturbing picture sure and I remember hearing kind of chainsaws in the background for like a week or just kind of randomly hear something off in the distance that sounded kind of sort of like a chainsaw and uh, it, it just left a lasting impression with me and for for me.
0: Yeah, it's just great 4th of July fun. <laughs> and barbecue. Yeah. Uh, the, the next one I want to bring up... Uh, well, kind of... It's tough to transition from Texas Chainsaw into, into one of the ones that I've got written down here. Uh, but I think we'll do it with... with, with uh, And I should be writing these down as I go so I don't fucking repeat myself. But, you know, hey, professional podcaster here. I'll keep it straight. All right, let, let's go with... Uh, a different kind of level of intensity, uh, and okay. that I'm gonna re- I'm gonna re- uh, bring up uh, the Steven Spielberg directed Saving Private Ryan. All right,
2: I I that... think
0: this is a, a, a I, I still think Saving Private Ryan is is phenomenal from top to bottom. Uh, Spielberg's direction is is pretty much the uh, top of his game. He's at the top of his game with this movie. The opening uh, scene, the storming of the beaches at Normandy, is one of the most intense. Brutal, realistic things I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and it's just a, a great story of, of Americans coming together in the way that you think Americans should all come together. Yeah. You know?
2: Um, Saving Private Ryan. It's funny. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Saving Private Ryan. But that opening scene in Normandy is, like you said, it, it's very intense and kind of similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It has an almost documentary style feel to it because um i know that spielberg wanted you to feel like like you were there i know that there were stories at the time that some veterans kind of went into the film and and came out with a little like a sensation of shell shock Mm -hmm. having watched it um so yeah i i mean i totally get why this is on the list
0: yeah, and it, this is definitely the most intense movie that I have on my list you know uh, my the the most the rest of my list is fairly you know uh uh you know America fuck yeah kind of you know fist pumping in the air you know america rules kind of stuff yeah and uh but this this movie like i said it's so good it, it's so real and there's so much heart in the movie um and i you know i don't, i know you're not the kind of movie watcher that i am but uh i i, I still watch it and at by the end of that movie i'm i'm Got tears running down my face because it's so fucking sad when he, when he goes to the spoilers when when Matt Damon's character in the future goes to the grave site of 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 Tom Hanks and everybody and it's just like Jesus Christ this is fucking intense just emotionally intense right uh, again but from here on out my list is much more fun I promise <laughs> uh, the next one we have on here and I guess this 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 is a good a good segue for you. <laughs> Okay. Because uh, we're going we're going back to a certain side of the street. <laughs> and that would be with Friday the 13th, 1 and 2. You said, and, and you put in here in parentheses, package deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time deciding between, for, if I'm going to watch one, I have a hard time deciding between part one and part two because part one is the original, but part two is the first time we get Jason Voorhees, the killer from Friday the 13th. The, the the one that we all know and love that's the first time we get to really see him in action so it it it's hard to choose um and again it, it, this one is is more of a stretch than than Texas Chainsaw Massacre but
0: you know what this one kind of made sense to me though uh because you know it's it's summer camp it's, exactly it's, you know it's that whole that whole uh. uh I don't, you know, I don't know if, if summer camps are a thing anymore, but I mean, at, at least from our childhood in, in the 80s, I mean, summer camps were still a big deal. You still went to summer yeah. camp, basically from the end of school till the start of it, you know, just so your parents didn't have to deal with you. Uh, right. So, no, it, it, it totally makes sense to me. I, 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 you know, I mean, it's, it's it's no meatballs, but, you know, what is?
2: <laughs> Too true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um.
2: So, yeah, so, so, so obviously there's that connection, the the the, su- the summer camp. Um, also, we have the introduction in part one of American icon Kevin Bacon.
0: That's right. The so, Bacone is in this. That's
2: right. Um, spoiler alert: You get to see him get a harpoon through the throat.
0: Because <laughs> all those <laughs> all those whaling accidents at the lake, you know, like, you gotta have a harpoon laying around just in case like some bass gets out of hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then again, Maybe. as 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 established in, um, in in front of the 13th, I think it's a it part eight where Jason takes Manhattan. Uh, the lake yes. actually just goes into New York City. So there you go.
2: Yeah. One of the otter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's one take this boat otter from Camp the, Crystal the... Lake to New York City. Why not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> There must have been a and the portal. The fact
2: that it was this massive cruise ship. Yeah, it was like a yacht part. almost.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Any hoot uh, do you um, had, uh, do you have a preference over one or two? It,
2: it's so it's so hard to say. I you know I think I think part one might be the better movie, but I love part two. Um, part two is when you really they start to, um, there are these conversations about sort of Jason Voorhees and kind of who he is and, and, or what he is and what it might've been like for him if he was alive to have seen his mother beheaded and what he might've become as just sort of this kid, like, living in the woods it it builds in just a few in just like one scene it kind of builds that mythology and i love it i think it's great and um just you know jason running around with a potato sack on his head (laughs) um so yeah it's like i said it's kind of a package deal i have a hard time deciding between the two um but but I think one the the original might be the better film um, I was also gonna say of, about the original you know it, it's like so many slashers from from the 80s it's that kind of uh, morality play and Betty Palmer who plays Jason's mother she's sort of this uh, kind of puritanical killer Um mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of trace that back to the sort of puritanical roots of, like, The Settlers. Again, I'm stretching this a bit, but...
0: <laughs> well, listen, uh, 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 you may know him from, from Beer Night in San Diego, but uh, one of our one of our brewery friends, uh, Mr. Mr. Anthony over at Latchkey, mm-hmm. has talked to me about doing a Friday the 13th show because he wants to be on that one. So I think I'm going to have to get you two guys together because uh, it would be a real Jason smorgasbord between you two. Uh, it's it's the best. It could be a, a love fest between you guys <laughs> on the on, oh, the, on the TomCast podcast. <laughs> so that would be a lot of fun. All right, let's get let's go away from the from Camp Crystal Lake. You know, all right. lakes are weird. There's there's all kinds of dead people in there, at least according to Jason. Okay. So the next one I want to bring up, kind of in the same vein as I've as I've gotten to already, but like this one again, this is like the fist pumping America, fuck yeah, and that, and that would be. The Tony Scott directed, Top Gun. Right on. Tom Cruise at, at the beginning of, the, of the, the the height of his powers. Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards, Kelly McGillis, and it's just I don't know. It's it's I don't know. This movie that movie is just so it's, to me that just oozes America, and it's because it's it's because it's that that Bruckheimer produced, uh, just really slick looking. Uh, rock and roll kind of sound with you know with that rock and roll soundtrack and and like the the quick cuts and the the fast airplanes and 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 obviously the 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 sexy volleyball scene i mean come on it just <laughs> oozes America yeah and i you know hey I, <laughs> I don't know what else I can say about top Gun I mean we've all seen it it's it's like part of the fabric of the country so why not watch it and enjoy Tom Cruise uh flying f-14 Tomcats I
2: I can go with that. Um, and a great rendition of
0: you've lost that love and feeling. That's true. I feel the need,
1: the need for speed. Ow!
0: All right, so let, let's transition to uh, I'm going to block together these next three movies of ours. Uh, and we'll start with yours because uh, I, I thought something I thought was interesting. Uh, on your list and on mine, I now I knew I was going to pick at least one baseball movie, but you picked two. Yeah. So l- let's go with uh, let's go with your first pick, which is the original, the classic, one of my most beloved movies from childhood, and that's the Bad News Bears.
2: Yeah, the, I, I think this is also one of my most beloved movies from childhood. I remember you and I watching this religi- religiously
0: every summer. Yeah, we wore that VHS out.
2: Yeah, and. You know, I think it's just simply it, it. It's a thing of like baseball and America go together like beer and fireworks. Sure, you know, it's just. I think of when I think of Fourth of July, I think of summer. I think of baseball. So, and and this just being one of our our favorite movies as kids, I just I had to throw it on here. Um, you know, I think it it's got a great performance from. Walter Matthau as Buttermaker, who just <laughs> plays this unapologetic drunk.
0: Who, yeah, he really does.
2: Yeah, and but but he finds he finds something like like something to live for in these kids that that he's coaching, and um, and Tatum O'Neill as the girl who kind of needs a a father figure and the best she can do is buttermaker and I think it's a really great almost kind of sweet movie but in a very politically incorrect kind of way
0: oh a hundred percent I mean the re- the remake of this movie doesn't come anywhere close to to what they were doing uh, in the, with this movie in the 70s um and, and I think that the one of the, the the biggest takeaways for this movie was like you know it's, it's funny to watch to watch this movie again and it's a movie I still watch to this day cuz I love it so so dearly um but you know we we live in this culture now where uh, uh, parents are monsters at at sporting events for their kids and right. like this movie saw that coming in the 70s <laughs> and because yeah. it, it talks about like that that winning at all, at all costs mentality and it you know it isn't until the end of the movie after you know, Buttermaker realizes that he's like berating children. That that that's not what the game's about, right? And and you know, and it's it's uh, the bad news bears is wonderful. Like you know, people remember the the vulgarity and the the you know the the Tanner Boyle remarks, all the although you know derogatory names that he calls people. You know, that's what people remember. But that movie that is a movie with a ton of heart in it, and yeah. it's again like you said, baseball and America go together like like beer and hot dogs and, and apple pie and all that stuff. So I agree yeah. with this pick. I, I agree with this one 100%. I love the Bad News Bears. Great call.
2: And let's not forget Jackie Earl Haley, Kelly Leak.
0: That's right. R- Rorschach himself. <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> uh,
0: so, again, we're, 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 we're just going to stay with baseball. And on, on my list was um, the, the more wholesome version <laughs> of the Bad News Bears. Yes. Uh, and that would be the Sandlot. I love the Sandlot.
2: Yeah, it's a great. Great
0: flick. It's a great flick. It's 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 just you know it. I think they're what kids in the fifties, early sixties, something like that.
2: I want to say sixties. Yeah, yeah. It, might be, it might be
0: the early sixties, and yeah. they just want to play baseball all summer long. And it's kind of like again, it's a little bit of like what our childhood was like with with sports and with baseball. And you just want to hang out with your friends and play ball. And you kind of you're out all day because you know that was how you how you could be raised back then. Like you could be gone from sun up to sundown, and your parents didn't miss you. They knew where you were. You know, they right. knew you at the ballpark. Or they knew you were with your friends and you were safe.
2: Hey, you want a s'more? Some more what?
0: No, 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 you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So, how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're
2: killing me, smalls.
0: So, it, it's, it's got all these wonderful nostalgic factors to it. Uh, but again, it's just a movie with incredible heart, and it, it's as, as Americana as it gets. And. There's a fantastic scene of them playing baseball with the fireworks going on overhead for the on the Fourth on of July in the film. It, That's it, right. Yeah, it just and you get a, a wonderful performance from uh, from Darth Vader himself, from James Earl Jones. Yes. Does it get better than that? I don't think so.
2: Oh. And and at times, wonderfully cheesy animatronic dog, monster dog.
0: <laughs> you also get a very young Dennis Leary in it too, as well.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right,
0: yeah. Yeah, he plays the stepdad, and he's trying to teach his kid who can't play baseball to throw, and it doesn't go well. No. And that god-awful uh, fishing hat that he wears with, like, the really big brim, <laughs> just so bad. I
2: don't remember that. Oh,
0: you should rewatch The Sandlot.
2: <laughs> it's been a couple of years.
0: Yeah. yeah, The Sandlot's amazing. I, I can't recommend it. Again, as Americana as it gets. Yeah. And that transitions to our final baseball picture on, on our 4th of July Spectacular. Uh again this I was a little curious on this one uh no, don't get me wrong because i I love this movie a hundred percent. Was it just because it's baseball, or uh, tell me why you selected major league
2: it It was literally the same thing It, it might have been because I couldn't decide between Bad News Bears and major league
0: okay, fair so, enough yeah just
2: just baseball and America and
0: Charlie Sheen, Tom Beringer. Corbin Burnson, Wes, yeah, Wesley Snipes before he started evading taxes.
2: Yeah, uh, Dennis Haysbert.
0: That's right. Before he was selling insurance,
2: <laughs> or playing the president,
0: or playing the president on Twenty Four. Exactly.
2: Yeah, um, it's just such a great, a great fun movie. I think to watch during the summer and. You know, I think it's a little over 90 minutes. It's 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 an easy watch. It's just it's just something that you can put in and have a good time for a little bit. And I, again, kind of like Bad News Bears, I remember us watching this quite a bit when yeah. when we were kids, coming home from baseball games or baseball practice, whatever it was, and throwing this in. So yeah, yeah that's it, that's why this gets the nod.
0: It's it's me. full of, of of great one-liners, and it was rated R, which we liked too. So there was some cursing in there. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think I think it it has to be mentioned, too, that uh, the, the guy who wrote and directed it is David uh, David S. Ward. And he's he's a Cleveland guy. And he basically wrote this movie and made this movie because he wanted to see the Indians win something in his lifetime. So he made it up <laughs> in case it never happened on its own. And That's awesome. I, I can't help but respect a fan <laughs> who is just so upset at watching their team lose every year, year in and year out. And is like, you know what, I'll just make a movie where they win.
2: That's great. I didn't know that about about the movie. That's yeah, great.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. It's, it's great. And uh, Now, we won't talk about the debacle that was Major League 2, but that's because Major League 1 is so good.
1: That ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks.
0: Name one. Yellowstone.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> nice pick on that. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Major League. All right. All right, so from here, I think we'll go into... Well, let's just go into this one. Why not? Well, why not? Let's just go right into. I mean, this is the the the, the wheelhouse of the TomCast podcast, so I'm just gonna put it out there. Captain America, the First Avenger.
2: I knew this was gonna be on your list. <laughs>
0: I can do this all day. Captain America has always been a, a, a one of my personal uh, favorite comic book characters, and and I was. Nervous. I was apprehensive about this movie coming out. I was worried it'd be too cheesy. It'd be too one way or the other. And uh, Joe 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 Johnson, the director of the film, I think he strikes this this wonderful balance uh, for the character of Captain America, who is, you know, I mean, he's a Boy Scout. He's he's again as American as apple pie. I mean, but the movie has such shows him shows his heart so well. And he's kind of like the idealized version of what we all should be to each other. That, uh, in in this kind of time of American tumultuousness, uh, you you, you want to look to a character like Captain America and be like, you know what? We can do better. And I guess that's why I really, I like this movie so much for the 4th of July. Because it's like, you know what? This is the time to remember that we can do better. We can be better people.
2: We all just need a good shot of steroids.
0: We do not need a shot of steroids. (laughs) We do not. Um, Again, it, you know, technically, this kind of like falls in the vein of like my the war movies I've been picking a, a lot, but uh, it's a very comic booky kind of war. You know, they spend most of the time fighting Hydra. They don't really fight Nazis. They don't really right. fight German soldiers of any you know of any renown. Uh, again, it's just I've always been a fan of the way the Marvel Marvel Universe handled Captain America and his kind of like his, his Boy Scoutishness, um, and this first entry with him, you know, when he's, when he's uh, still undersized and just getting beat up left and right and the, and the, the, the constant getting up again and just taking it. Um, yeah. I, all that stuff just resonates so so well. And it's, again, it's, it's kind of like what we said about some of the other films that we talked about. It's just so it's, I don't know, it's just so American, you know? It's just like, yeah, you pull yourself up and you go at it, you know? You don't give up. You Never, never give up, never surrender. <laughs> 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 I'll quote some Galaxy Quest while we're at it. All right. God, that should be on my list. I love that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I don't know I don't really have much else to say about First Avenger because I, I think the movie speaks for itself the character speaks for itself if you're listening to this podcast you odds are you've seen First Avenger at least 47,000 times so you know what I'm talking about
2: yeah um, I have not seen it but the one time um, what yeah you uh, crazy you let me borrow a dvd of it and i watched it and i think it, it was my reaction to it was similar to most to most marvel movies at the time which was just kind of like oh, okay nah, you no know, boo i didn't feel too strongly one worthy, one way or another about it um but i would i would happily go back and Watch it again. Well,
0: you're gonna. You're, I think you're gonna want to because after you and I record that commentary track for the 1990 uh, Matt Salinger Captain America movie, uh, you're gonna need a palate cleanser. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, let's let's transition to this one. Now you got you got a, a couple westerns on here too, which I was uh, delighted to see. So yeah. so we'll talk about the first one here. We'll talk about Tombstone. Yeah, Val Kilmer. Kurt Russell, just top-notch performances, top-notch movie. I love this film. I'm a huge fan of of, of this. Talk to me about Tombstone.
2: I mean, I just think Western, Westerns in general, you know, it's, it's an American genre of film. So there's that. Um, the fact that it's... Kind of, sort of a, a true story. A lot of it is is legend and whatnot, but um, it's about a real American hero, Wyatt Earp, and he's just trying to live the American dream. He just wants to strike it rich. Uh, strike it rich. He it rich. <laughs> he, wa- he wants to start a business. He wants to run a saloon, something along those lines, and moves his family to Tombstone, Arizona, and because of the lawlessness there because of uh caused by the gang called the cowboys he's forced to pick up the mantle of u.s marshal again and it's just it's just such a great movie and to me such a um slice of americana um you know but like you said so many great uh performances one-liners because you got kurt russell you got val kilmer Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, Michael Bean, Dana Delaney, Billy Zane, Jason mm-hmm. Priestley. Like, I mean, it's it, it's an amazing cast and it's such a uh, it's such an exciting movie to watch and it gets off to kind of such a slow start, but you're just immediately drawn in by uh, Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer's performances and you know, you you go You go through, uh, you, sorry, you get up to the, uh, the gunfight at the OK corral, which, you know, ever, I feel like every American has at least heard about the gunfight at the OK corral. So the movie kind of gives it a little bit of context. You get to see kind of what that was exactly, what the events were leading up to it and what happened after it, uh, sort of, uh, Wyatt Earp's, I I think it's referred to as Wyatt Earp's Ride of Revenge, um, I mean, it's just such a—it's just such an amazing movie.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. Uh, it's. I I've always considered it to be just a, a grievous oversight that Val Kimmer was not even nominated for for best supporting actor, it, for for his performance as as Doc Holliday. Um, that that still blows my mind whenever I watch this movie because he's so fucking good in it. Yeah. Now I'm looking it up because I couldn't remember, but uh, apparently he would have been nominated for, in 1993 and in 1993 the Best act, best Supporting Actor winner was Gene Hackman for Unforgiven, which I can't get too mad at that performance either though.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great, great performance.
0: And again, it, this was in like that, that Western Revival period, which I didn't even remember these movies came out in the same year, which is pretty wild.
2: Yeah, I didn't remember that either. Um, I know I remember it coming out very close to um, Kevin Costner's wide Earp film, ooh, which is brutal. I actually don't dislike that movie. I think I think it's I think it's okay. I think it gets kind of a uh, kind of a bad rap, but uh, but it's it's nowhere near as good as Tuesday.
0: no. And I, I, Dennis Quaid's uh, uh, Doc Holiday is is doesn't even pale in comparison to, or just sucks compared to Val Kilmer's. Let's <laughs> put it that way.
2: Yeah, I, you know, and I, I mean, I think I think that's a. That's the thing. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say Kevin Costner sucks as Wyatt Herb. But that said, you look at, you compare his performance to to Kurt Russell's, and it's just, you just want to watch Tombstone, you know?
0: We all know that uh, Kurt Russell, or I'm sorry, uh, Kevin Costner's best role was as the Mariner in Waterworld. So, conversation. Did we, Did
2: con- we all know that?
0: Conversation over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will hear. Nothing else on the subject. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll also say about um, Tombstone, It a very interesting making of story. I, I don't know if you know much about the making of, of
0: I think, Tombstone. I think I have uh, this on the on the DVD. Probably. Yeah, because um, it, it, it's George, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, Cosmatos? K-
2: I always say Cosmatos.
0: Cosmatos, but... I think you're probably right, who, who famously directed Rambo 2.
2: Famously directed Rambo 2 and Cobra. That's right. <laughs> um, but the film was originally being directed by the guy. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, so apologies to him. But the guy who wrote the screenplay, it was originally being directed by him. And they the production was really running behind. And uh, he was let go. And the film was looking for a director, and I think Kurt Russell ended up having a conversation with Sylvester Stallone, and Stallone told Russell about Cosmatos, Um, and so they had Cosmatos come in and direct the film, but then, after Cosmatos passed away, it was kind of revealed that Kurt Russell basically directed this movie.
0: Oh, that's wild,
2: maybe that,
0: maybe I haven't seen this documentary then. And
2: and essentially, Cosmato's like like Russell would tell Cosmato's what he wanted for the film, and how it should how it should look and work and whatnot. And Cosmato's would just kind of do that, and it was it was an agreement between those two that this would not be spoken of. Until, Cosmodo's passed away.
0: You know, I um, I recently watched. I, I this is a bit, a bit of a of of a sidetrack, so I apologize in advance. Uh, but I recently watched a documentary on Amazon uh, in search of the last action hero, and they spend a fair amount of time talking about Rambo, the Rambo pictures, and okay. it's it's also very strongly implied that that's actually the case with from Rambo two on that. Uh, uh, Stallone was calling the shots, and he just had people come in and do what he would tell them to do.
2: Yeah, I I mean that's not
0: surprising. So that that's very interesting. I'll look into that some more. It's a fascinating. That is a fascinating story. Yeah. And you, music lover, you're next. (laughs) Drunk
1: piano player, you're so drunk you can't hit nothing. In fact. You're probably seeing double. I have two guns,
2: one for each of you. All
0: right, so let's go from... Let's let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously, I feel like my the, the movies that I'm bringing up are, are kind of... There's a lot of the same vein in, in a lot of senses. So I'm going to go back <laughs> to my World War II vein that I've been mining quite a bit on this list. But I'm going to go to uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, regardless of Holidays or anything else, The Great Escape, yes. uh, directed by John Sturgis, uh, most famously starring the, uh, the cooler king himself, Steve McQueen, also starring James yeah. Gardner, Richard Attenborough, before he created Dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> so it's a phenomenal cast. Charles, Bros- Charles Brosnan's in the movie. Uh, 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 oh, God, I can't even think of the tall guy's name now. But it, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a stellar cast from top to bottom. It's a, it's a movie-based off of a real event in World War II, of 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 American and English POWs escaping from a German prison camp, and the movie is here's the best thing I can say. One of my again, the performances are phenomenal, and they are spellbinding, and they and they captivate you the entire time. And I think it's because of these performances that you don't even know this movie's over three hours long. This, yeah, this movie flies by mm-hmm. because you are just fascinated with everything going on on the screen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you know, I suppose nowadays you you could look at the Great Escape as a movie that doesn't have like a really great realistic depiction of of you know POW life, and 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 its depiction of the war is a little on the lighter side. Right. But I mean, this is a movie from the mid early to mid sixties. Yeah. Um, and it it. Again, this is a movie that has a, actually a really interesting behind-the-scenes kind of story of too, because there was a bit of a rivalry between the the English cast and the American cast, which I thought was fascinating. Because other than like Sturgis, and Gardner and McQueen, I don't think there's any other Americans in the movie.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: So it's like that's not much of a rivalry.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that about this this picture.
0: Well, I think I think most of it had to do with the fact that you know the the, the English actors are very they're you know they're very uh, uh, professionally trained kind of like Shakespearean theater actors kind of thing, and you know Steve McQueen is much more of a you know just put the camera on me and I'm going to make it work, right? You know, isn't, very different styles. I think the styles were the real problem.
2: Isn't that kind of what happened between him and Yul Brenner on a Magnificent
0: Seven? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, except, I think. The impression I got from, from the from the Magnificent Seven stories were, was that uh, that McQueen was really just doing it to to piss off Ewald Brenner at that point because it really was <laughs> bothering him so much that he thought uh, that he thought it was funny as shit. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and you know, uh, obviously, most recently, uh, you know, people may be familiar with The Great Escape because of what, what Quentin did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where right. uh, Leo's character is sort of cast before McQueen in in the role as, as Hiltz. And they kind of reshoot that that one scene from the film, and it's it's really well done in Quentin's movie. But when you go back and watch the original directed by Sturgis, it's just oh god! It the movie again. The movie's just it's so engrossing. You're yeah. just completely sucked into these characters from the start. And again, yeah. this is and again, it's not because it's English and American POWs. It's not a hundred percent holy America. Fuck you out Fist pumping in the air thing. But it's that kind of resilient spirit that that um, you know America wants to kind of consider its its own, but it's really just a, a human thing. But this movie it captures that insanely well that that spirit of never giving up and always fighting the enemy and and doing whatever you can to to escape from confinement and 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 it, it's I think it's it it still holds up insanely well to this day.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a great classic picture. I don't think I've seen it as much as you have, but. I don't really have anything to to add to that. You know, the performances are great and you get pulled in and it, it has a very, um, even though the depiction of the POW life may not have been accurate. I mean, it's got a, it's got kind of a dark ending to it.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, sure. You know, it does. It it definitely gets real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that again, that speaks to the strength to it, and because it again, it is based on a true story. So you have to remember that, you know, like yeah. it, like it seems fantastical in a lot of elements, but it's it's based on true events. The, and the, there's even the the big, uh, the the opening. You know, uh, I forget what you call it, but that, that block of text that pops up and it's like, the, you know, certain things have been changed a little bit, but the escape is how the escape happened. That's cool. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really neat, and I, I you know I just watched I just rewatched this movie a couple of weeks ago. I I. Uh, I turned it on. It was really late at night. It was like it was like eleven o'clock. I didn't have to go to work the next day though, and okay. I was like, "Oh, I'll just watch like the first hour or so, and then I'll watch the rest of it later on." And again, because it's so engrossing, I stayed up to like two in the morning watching it because I just I I had no idea what time it was. I just was like, "I'm not tired," and this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> so I I love that picture. Uh, it's probably one of my top ten all time, so I I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. So you still have a western, and this is a. Uh, yes. <laughs> Again, this is a, this is it's it's kind of funny because this is something that Quentin also ca- kind of references in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too. But we're going we're going to the spaghetti western. We're going Absolutely. to the and to the the crowning achievement of the spaghetti western, and that would be the good, the bad, and the ugly.
2: Yep,
0: Clint Eastwood. Uh, Clint Eastwood. Parties.
2: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, Clint Eastwood, Eli Wallach, Lee Van Cleef. Um, in my opinion, not only the crowning achievement of the spaghetti western, but just of westerns in general.
0: Um, yeah, the Sergio Leone classic.
2: Yeah, um, and set against the backdrop of the American Civil War.
0: That's a good so, point. That's a good point.
2: A little bit of a little bit of a connection there, but you know, I mean, what can you say about this movie? It's just, again, it's just such kind of, I think, a part of Americana. Uh, Clint Eastwood himself, I think, represents that uh, kind kind of ideal of America in a lot of ways. Like, it seems like everyone, everyone loves Clint Eastwood. You know, it doesn't matter kind of like what side of the political spectrum you're on. It's just like, everyone loves Clint Eastwood respects him. He's and in these movies, he's just, he's just so cool. Like Steve McQueen from great escape. Right. And, um, it's just a—I I think a fantastic story about, um, three men and a baby. This, what?
0: And a baby. A baby. Yeah. No, <laughs> if, if, the, if
2: the baby was a sack of gold,
0: <laughs> well, yeah
2: <laughs> But no about three men trying to kind of like outrace each other to to get to this hidden buried treasure and it's just filled with double crosses and uh great one-liners um and and just clever characters who you know they outgun each other but they also have to outsmart each other along the way and with Ineo Morricone's uh, I was bring musical that up. score, yeah. I, I mean, it's just so fabulous. And I would say that on a 4th of July weekend, if you've, got, if you've got three hours to spare and want to spend it watching a movie, you wouldn't go wrong with watching The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly.
0: Uh any anyone of the f- any one of the three and and that no man with no name saga is not a bad choice either.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it is kind of hard because I feel like Fistful of Dollars and For a Few Dollars More get overlooked because the good the bad and the ugly is is so great, but but yeah, all three of them are are wonderful.
0: Well, uh, uh, as a as a fan of film as as a, as a cinemaphile, uh, it's it's fascinating to to watch all three. Obviously, mm-hmm. nowadays people are busy as hell, so sitting around and watching three movies back to back to back is is not easy. But to 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 see the progression of of Sergio Leone's direction, and I mean, just the way the story just builds from each one to each one, it gets bigger and bigger and more grandiose. And it's you know, when you get to the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, I mean, it it's just this this amazing piece of cinema by then. But to kind of see the progression is is fantastic.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it be it becomes an epic.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really, it really, really does, and like you said, that that Eno Marconi score is just, that is some top notch stuff. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got nothing to argue with you on that one too. But it, it's, it's funny that uh, one of the one of the greatest westerns, a, a a distinctly American genre, you know, one of the greatest westerns of all time is, from from Europe. <laughs>
2: those Italians when it comes to filmmaking man they know what they're doing because not only am I a fan of the spaghetti westerns but I love Italian horror cinema as well they they have a great sense of style well, they, they know what they're doing
0: even even uh, to to this day uh, a lot of European countries uh, have still have a fascination with the American Old West and I think it's a I think there's a couple of towns in the south of Spain maybe I could, I might be remembering this wrong, but they have, you know, old west style towns set up as like as like tourist places to go to, because you know the American Western is a very popular genre of film uh, still in Europe. So like you can go to like these old west style towns and have like a a cowboy adventure. Oh man,
2: I didn't know that. I need to do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I mean, think about the average European tourist. You know, not everybody can come and fly out to Tombstone or go to the OK Corral or whatever. Um, Right. But you know. Again, like I said, they still they still make westerns overseas. They just you know don't get the kind of hype that they used to. right. They don't quite have that, that same partnership with Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, for my For the final film I wanted to bring up today is uh, I, you know it's a film I've talked about in the podcast a million times already. Uh, and it's, a, it's it's a movie that will eventually have its own spotlight episode as well dedicated to it because it's easily one of my favorite films of all time. And uh, again, we go, we go back to one of our modern masters of, of, of cinema, to Steven Spielberg, to the original summer blockbuster, the original popcorn movie, the movie that traumatized me as a child. <laughs> I am, of course, referring to Jaws.
2: Great. Great flick, and I did not put it on my list because I knew it would be on yours. Yeah,
0: that that that's that was the main reason why I wanted us to talk first because I I, I I thought there might be a little bit more uh, crossover on our lists, uh, but uh, no, we did, we did a pretty good job of keeping our lists separate today, which is uh, which, which is definitely fun.
2: Yeah, I kind of figured there'd be some crossover, so I kind of went for things that maybe, you know, you might not necessarily think of Fourth of July. So. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah. you know, but talking about Jaws, I mean, I don't know how much I mean, this is the perfect movie for a summer holiday weekend movie. If you want to watch something where it's just like a bunch of jackasses at the beach, don't care that a shark's there. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 I don't know. Again, it's it's a, it's a, it's kind of like, this, you know, going to the beach in summer vacations and, all, you know, all the stuff is like very American and, and right. very much a part of all of our, you know, childhoods and, and growing up and, and it and all that, and then it, it, it turns it on its head by introducing the fear factor of, of shark attacks. And, yeah. you know, you got to remember too, in, in 75, I mean, you know, shark attacks happened, but it wasn't, you know, people didn't know sharks like we know sharks nowadays. Right. You know, it was obviously a much more, and don't, don't get me wrong, shark attacks are still scary, but I mean, there was such an unknown element to sharks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and watching the film and, and people sort of, misconceptions of what a shark is in even in jaws and you're just like man that's so crazy because you know we kind of have like this modern perspective on it on it but you still get the the, the primal uh man versus nature part of this film that's still so intrinsically human uh, mm-hmm. that it's hard to not find this movie just fucking fascinating to watch and again the 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 performances have to be on point and you, you get that from Roy Scheider, you get that from uh, from Richard Dreyfus and of course from Robert Shaw, right? And I, I, I want to mention because I, I don't think he's got enough credit for it because uh, you know I don't think it was I don't even think it was credited, but the so much so many of the great scenes of that film happen when they're on the boat when they're pursuing you know quote unquote Jaws when they're yes. after the shark. And obviously, you know what scene I'm going to refer to, and that is the the Indianapolis scene, where they refer, yes. where where Robert Shaw's character Quint refers to his time on the USS Indianapolis in World War II, a real U.S. ship that was sunk by the Japanese, and its crew was basically shark food for whatever it was it was two or three days. I can't remember the exact the exact time frame on it. Right. And now remember, Jaws is based on a book. Peter Benchley's novel. Yes. This scene is nowhere near that book. No. This scene is constructed by the late great, great John Milius. Was it? It certainly was.
2: Okay, I didn't know that. No,
0: Spielberg contacted Milius. They were all friends from from USC Film School. He said, "I need something in this scene. Can you give me like a like a paragraph or like half a page or something like that?" Milius writes three pages. <laughs> <laughs> and sends it to him and, and Robert Shaw is looking at it, and he's like he's like, I can't remember all this, but I can remember this and this and this. And it constructs that scene that is just so perfectly executed from the from the performances to the way it was just subtly shot by Spielberg. Uh it, it carries the picture. That scene is yeah. chilling. The way that, that and it's just it's just Robert Shaw talking. There's not, a, there's not a flashback. There's not some kind of montage memory thing of it. It's mm-hmm. just Shaw talking and Scheider and Dreyfus reacting. Right. And it's fucking perfect.
1: Yeah. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's... <laughs> like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was, shark comes to the nearest man, that man, he starts pounding and hollering and screaming. Sometimes the shark go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you and those black eyes roll over white and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red and in spite of all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they
0: rip you to pieces. I, I love this movie. That Obviously that's my favorite scene, but this movie is great from top to bottom I don't find there. There's hardly a fault to find with it. I mean, especially for a, such a young director at the time, like Spielberg, this is like his first big time production.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I know people love to argue that the the shark looks fake, but I've never really bought into that at all. What about you?
2: I think the shark lo- shark looks great. Yeah,
0: I even to this day. I mean, I was I was a little concerned yeah. that maybe you know upgrading it to to, to Blu-ray or or to four K, all maybe might all of a sudden reveal something about it. But no, I think it still looks really solid.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, you know, like there might be a couple shots here or there where maybe, maybe it looks a little weird, but I think it looks like a big fucking shark.
0: Yeah, well, and just like what we talked about last week with with Alien, I mean, this is also a, a, a good example of sometimes less is more with right. with the shark, you know, you don't always see the shark. and. There, there's a few, you know, jump scares in there that don't pan out, but like it, it, it's it's never cheap in in that regard. You know, like like yeah. the, the the threat of the shark is pretty much there from the start, and like you know, it could happen at any time.
2: Yeah, and I think what you don't, I don't, you don't even get a glimpse of the shark until the end of the film.
0: No, and you know that that that's a a really good point. Um, this movie. I, I, you know, you watch a documentary about this movie or anyone, any any Hollywood critic, you know, talking about Jaws, and I think they all kind of say the same thing, and I, I 100% agree with it. If that opening scene with the girl on the toll, hole, the Atoll, the if that doesn't work, if you can't sell it, in that scene, the movie's over, and your right. audience is done. And, again, you don't see the shark. You just see her screaming and getting dragged, and then the fear in her face. But the underlying secret of that movie, and you know where I'm going with this, John Williams. Yes. You have that John Williams score, and then all of a sudden that girl getting dragged around in the ocean without you seeing what's dragging her gets a lot more scary. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so again, like, just like kind of like what we said last week about 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 Alien, you know, with, with Ridley Scott's direction and the Jerry Goldsmith music, you know, you you sometimes you get that just effortless collaboration between director and music and, and actors, and that's what Jaws is. I mean, it's it's everything mm-hmm. in perfect balance, in perfect harmony. And again, it's just a, a, a movie I've watched a thousand times, even after after I got over my trauma, my fear of the movie. <laughs> Which was, it took a long time. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it was in my late teens before I really started to appreciate Jaws for the, the, the stunning achievement that it is. Um, but it's, it, it's, again, it's almost flawless. Yeah. And it has a shit ton of terrible sequels.
2: <laughs> hey. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Come on, Jaws 3?
0: Well, you know, I, I'm i a personal, personally I love 4 the best where the shark follows them to Jamaica. Well, yeah. Because that's what sharks do. That 100%. I think, he, uh, I think the shark hacked the email account. I don't know. There was an email back then. Never mind.
2: Hacked Mario Van Peebles' email account.
0: <laughs> that Mario Van Peebles, his password is 1234. <laughs> Which I think is the same combination as on your luggage. Yes. <laughs> that's a Spaceballs joke. Come on. I know. <laughs> Again, I think Jaws is a perfect summer movie in general. Like, I can watch this movie a thousand times between Memorial Day and Labor Day, but Fourth of July is right in the middle, so why not watch it again this weekend?
2: Yeah, and you know what? It kind of it, it also, I think, has a bit of relevance to what's going on now. With oh, a hundred percent with with everything. Yeah,
0: with Mayor Larry Vaughn.
2: Yeah, his kids were
0: beach. on that beach too, Mark. Don't That's forget right. that. <laughs> Yeah. he's not going to let and you that, cut open that fish and see the little Kettner boy spit all over the dock you
2: know more lines than I do oh
0: I know a lot of lines
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the the the, uh, the the incompetent politician who's putting commerce ahead of the lives of, of people uh, that is right. very very resonant nowadays you're 100% correct I've been I've actually seen more uh, Mayor Larry Vaughn memes popping up on the internet all over the place because of everything that's happening nowadays uh, and again shocking that a politician hasn't changed that much in 30 years nope <laughs> nope isn't that sad man well Mark listen uh, that's kind of every movie that we brought up do you think we missed any I mean we definitely missed some but, like, there's, there's more don't get me wrong yeah, yeah. I uh, mean is there anything you know, we, we, we've not talked about egregiously that would be a, a something that would offend someone
2: no, not that I can. I,
0: I. Yeah. So I think I think that's going to be a wrap on our our Fourth of July show. I think we've given the people a lot of a lot of quality entertainment choices. Uh, I think we I think we've 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 hit on a lot of genres. We've hit on a lot of uh, 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 variety in in our in our in our films. There's a couple. Well, one family film. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, but you know you. you we we can we can scratch a couple a couple different kinds of itches for you with with the, with this list of films we have for you today.
2: Yeah,
0: it's pretty good, and you, I don't think you can go. Well, you know what? I might say Captain America: The First Avengers family friendly ish.
2: No, I, I would definitely think so. I don't Maybe think not there's as,
0: anything. Yeah, not as family friendly as as the Sandlot, but not as offensive as the original Bad News Bears might be.
2: Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think there's anything to keep you young kids away from in in Captain America, the first Avenger.
0: Yeah, he's a pretty wholesome wholesome guy, that Cap. Yeah. The, the Star-Spangled Sentinel. That's the, his name. The Shield Slinger. <laughs> the Star-Spangled Shield Slinger. Is that what they call him? He's got a lot of weird nicknames.
2: Alright, alright.
0: <laughs> The Sentinel of Liberty, come on, Mark.
2: You know the character better than I do. Oh,
0: be, that we you know what that should be an episode later. We'll we'll, we'll play uh, uh, superhero nicknames and we'll see how many Mark can get. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I think that's it, man. I think we're gonna have to wrap it up. Um, that's well, that was a fun show. I think I loved your list, Mark. I thought it was really great, really diverse. I loved that you had some horror films in there. I loved that you had some westerns in there. That was a good time.
2: Cool, thank you. I enjoyed yours as well.
0: Uh, thank you for stepping in for Roger. He had he had some family things come up today. He had some commitments to take care of. So you got to be the pinch hitter, which worked out great since we had three baseball movies. I can make a pinch hitter reference. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Will you enjoy your 4th of July weekend? Uh, maybe don't go to a barbecue or anything, but maybe have your own.
2: Will do. Uh,
0: I don't know if you have a, a patio in your place, but get that nope. George Foreman grill going. I don't even have one of those. All right. <laughs> Take it <laughs> easy, my man. I will talk to you later.
2: All right. You too. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, hey, real quick. Why don't yes. you sh- share again with the people where they can find you on the social medias?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, M. Wegemer on Twitter and M. R. Wegamer on Instagram.
0: Boom. There it is. All right, All right. Thanks, Mark. I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Where are you from, Mr. Rogers? Hmm? Is it... New Haven? Or Paramos?
1: Five exams in five different cities. That might not be the right file. No, it's not the exams I'm interested in, it's the five tries. But you didn't answer my question. Do you want to kill Nazis? Is this a test? Yes. I don't want to kill anyone.
0: I don't like bullies, I don't care where they're from. Hey, so there you have it, there's a conversation between my dear sweet brother Mark and I, uh, just giving you guys, guys and gals, some uh, some of our suggestions for, for entertainment to watch uh, this holiday weekend, 4th of July. It's here, the birth of America, the celebration of independence, our freedom from England, all that stuff. And, uh, in you know again not to get get try in i'm not smart enough to get political, so you know i'm just gonna say that uh in in an in, in an effort to kind of show you that you know just because America's going through some hard times you gotta remember it's still not a bad place like the ideals are still there, and that's what we have to have to cling to you know and and i some of these movies i hope reinforce some of like the the potential greatness of our Home country here in America, uh, because uh, you know maybe we're not real proud of it right now, but it's still our still our home, and I say that not trying to anger anyone, so I'm gonna stop right there talking about it. But uh, I I was pretty uh, stoked on the movies that we, we we talked about today a little bit. Uh, kind of a, a diverse list in a lot of senses, especially with Mark and his, uh, his horror movie selections. So let me recap what we talked about in, in the honorable mention category we gave uh, we talked about uh, Miracle. We talked about Independence Day, the Patriot. we talked about glory. Uh, Glo- Glory's a great movie and it only gets an honorable recommendation because it's just it's a tad too intense, which is saying a lot because uh, making making my side of the list was saving Private Ryan. and that's a very intense movie as well. Uh, Mark had Mark suggested we talk about uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the Thirteenth, One and Two, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, Tombstone, the original Bad News Bears, and Major League. I talked about Captain America, the First Avenger, Top Gun, The Sandlot, Jaws, and The Great Escape. You know, so, so again, my selections were a little bit more rah-rah than Mark's were, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we didn't go too. I don't think we went too over the top. We picked quality motion pictures to discuss. Um, it's interesting that we ended up both ended up picking baseball things because uh, I'll I'll tell you guys right now. Uh, for the next next episode, uh, the plan is to have have uh, Cody from Beer Night in San Diego come onto the show, and and we're and we're going to discuss one of our favorite things, which is which is baseball, and we're going to we're going to talk about our favorite baseball movies. Uh, so it was kind of a funny funny turn of events, funny coincidence that uh, that Mark and I ended up naming three movies uh, that very likely will get talked about again next week. Uh, but at the very least, we'll have someone different to talk to them about. So uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit of a different track for each one of those movies, if they come up again. You know, who knows? Maybe Cody doesn't like them as much as I do. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, otherwise, again... I hope everyone's staying safe and, and doing their responsible things if you're here in California then you know like we're, we're taking a couple steps back with with breweries and tasting rooms and, and bars closing and wineries closing uh, they're shutting us back down again uh, because uh, we, we just couldn't follow the rules and uh, that's that is a shame so our, our hearts and our thoughts and our prayers are going out to all of our all of our friends and loved ones who are in those industries Um man i'm I'm so sorry this has happened to you guys again and, and and but we're thinking of you and we're we're gonna keep doing what we've what we've been doing which is trying to support you guys the best ways that we can uh, whether it's through takeout options or, or or whatever you're making available I know you guys are, are are trying to figure out new things to work within the guidelines that they're establishing for us and uh we're with you guys hundred we're with you guys and gals hundred and ten percent so Uh, Let me know how you guys are doing in your states. I, you know, uh, uh, I know a couple of of friends in Texas who've been keeping me informed on things there. Things are getting a little intense there as well. Uh, As far as I know, parts of Maryland are still hot topics, hot issue, hot button topics. So I I hope everyone's uh, still being safe, still being, uh, taking all the proper precautions. Remember, it's a holiday weekend. There's gonna be a lot of things going on, but um, be smart if you're gonna go out, you know. Social distance, wear the masks. All that that good stuff. And and, and have fun. And and have a fun weekend, no matter what you do. Whether you're going to be like me, and you're going to stay home and grill, and and, and watch movies, and and listen to music, and just have kind of a small two-person party. Technically four, if you count the dogs. Um, But, you know, do your thing. Be smart, be safe, and have fun in in the most responsible way that you can, but have fun. We're going to see you next week for episode 100, which is a pretty big deal. The show's going to get a little bit of a makeover uh, but I think you guys know that you know for the last you know eight nine episodes uh, you know we've we've embraced the zoom and the skypes and and we have our new mixing board here so uh, I think the the sound quality of the show is where we want it to be so uh, this 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 little touch up this little makeover we're gonna get starting with episode 100. nothing new for you guys but you're gonna see a brand new logo. All right stay tuned for that. You guys, again, take care, stay safe. Thank you for so much, so much for all the love and the support that you guys have given this podcast over the last couple of years. I can't thank you all enough for it. Please, again, follow the show on social media, TomCastPopCast, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. Our Patreon is over at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. You can join Pophead Nation. You can get access to all kinds of great bonus shows, bonus material, bonus content. And uh, thank you to my current patrons. Thank you to the Aspinel Chody, the Batman at Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail. He's the co-host of The Ringing Ear. Thank you to the Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles. And thank you to the Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard. And I'm so glad you guys are Patreons. I'm so glad that you are part of Pophead Nation. It means the world to me. Uh, make sure everyone's liking, subscribing, following the show. Uh, share it with your friends. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. If we're not somewhere, let me know. I'll get us on there, okay? Whatever platform you prefer, we're going to make it available to you. Thank you guys all so much for listening. We love you. Stay safe. Happy birthday, America. Ciao, babes.
1: It's just swimming with bow-legged women. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions!